0: Well, hi, Liz. Hi, Debbie. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Yeah? Um, Yeah. Surviving? I'm surviving through the pandemic. Yeah, surviving. So I thought it would be fun today um, because we all have interesting stories, and sometimes we don't think we do. But I just thought it would be fun today to get to know you a little bit. There's probably things I don't know about you. And so I just thought that, you know, we just need to kind of know who who you are and and at a point, you'll have to know who I am. and yeah, our audience might want to know who we are. That'd be awesome, all yeah. right. yeah, yeah, why don't you get to know me a
1: little bit better before we start though, why how did we meet? Do you remember how we met? Well,
0: I feel like we met in the theater, right? But even maybe before that, Our kids were in junior high school together, but I don't think you and I really knew one another, but we knew of one another because of theater and music. Well, and we knew all
1: of the same people. I know that some of my husband's family went to the same church that that you went to. That is right. That is right. And there was music and singing and that kind of thing. So So
0: through church, music, theater, we knew of one another, but... I don't really feel like we got to become friends until having a hot flash. <laughs> well, wasn't it before that though that I directed you? No, it was, it aft- was after. It was
1: after. Oh, it was after. It was because after. Because of that show was, that you auditioned. Yes. Oh, that's right. It was
0: because of the night that the one lady broke her arm and I had to step in. Do you remember that? <laughs> right.
1: I so do. I was just thinking about that the other day. That was quite a night. We were live on stage. We were only maybe two songs into the show. It had just begun. And um, one of the actresses walked backstage, just lost track of where we were. And when she turned around to come back on stage, she slipped and fell and broke her arm. And so Debbie, who was our musical director, (laughs) had to actually step away from the band and and sing the rest of the
0: show. It was awesome. That was very fun. That was one of my most memorable things that have ever happened to me theater wise I mean I haven't done that much theater but yeah it was pretty spectacular actually yeah. <laughs> I, re- I remember you in Cats
1: yeah I, was in I Cats. remember you in Cats um but yeah. I was uh directing then dad's Christmas miracle yeah. that year yeah. in a in a local theater and so I, I feel felt- like
0: that's where we kind of so I don't know I if think I
1: asked Debbie to audition or I think or you did put her arm behind her back and <laughs> twisted it a little bit, I don't know, but anyway, yeah. I got to direct you in Dad's Christmas Miracle, yeah. which was awesome it was i yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> we had a great time we had fun, yeah, that was yeah. a fun, fun it, fun it really experience really there was but
0: a I, lot of, yeah, I do feel like that was kind of when we knew that we kind of had similar beliefs and, and worldviews and kind of connected as friends. Right. So. Right. And mm-hmm. so now today, Debbie actually
1: owns a um, music studio. We'll talk more about that later. And, uh, and she directs a, a, a rock and roll choir, which is people that are of a certain <laughs> age and beyond who want to sing. Right. And so yeah. um, we yeah. can even talk more about that. But anyway, that's how our paths continue to
0: cross. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we we're singing before the pandemic. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, where did you grow up? That I don't think I do know.
1: Oh, I actually grew up, I was born in Burlingame, California, but my mother hated the Bay Area. That's where oh, my father okay. was from. So we moved to uh, the central San Joaquin Valley, and I actually grew up in Clovis, California, okay. just about two miles from where I lived today, which was a little bit interesting. Lived in Sanger, California, for a little while. Um, But for the most part, I've been in the same area. Moved to Tennessee when I was a young adult for a a brief period of time. But this has been home.
0: Yeah. The valley.
1: The valley. I'm a valley girl. Yep. So am I. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole different valley than if you're in L.A., I promise you.
0: Yeah. So what, what would you say is your main... I mean, you've done so many things. You've had your hand you've been involved in so many different things, from church to music to to theater. you You're a mom, mm-hmm. you're a wife. Um, yeah. You're a pretty diversely talented person in terms of the things you're interested in. How did all those things kind of come together to kind of, i'll say, bring you where you are mm-hmm. now? and I mean, that's a big, huge, long, deep but question, But, you know, I interestingly,
1: realize. I think that the answer is organically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how it kind of all happened was organically. And I, I am somebody who believes that talent makes a place for itself. Mm-hmm. And if you have talent and you want to couple that with a little bit of work and a lot of luck, uh, you can end up finding your way and finding places. You just have to, you know, keep the door open to finding a way. So I got married very young. I was just a month before my 21st birthday when I got married. I married somebody I knew for six weeks. Wow. (laughs) I know it was all very passionate and exciting and stupid. (laughs) And so I was living in Memphis, Tennessee, and I... I, I That's a skeleton, that's a skeleton in my closet that's just kind of hard to look back at that girl and try to figure out what she was thinking and mm-hmm. what she wanted. Um, I know the things he told me and made promises to me, and I believed it, and the life that he had kind of promised that he could give me. But he was young too, he was only 23 years old, and yeah. I think there was a lot of just, um, you know wanting to see each other in a light that neither one of us deserved to be in basically and that was a very tumultuous marriage we were married for two and a half years and we do, had a child how you uh, six weeks what how what right
0: <laughs> well, what I was know. that
1: you know um, a, a friend of mine moved from california to tennessee and she met this guy that she was completely smitten with and she actually told me that she thought that God had brought her to Tennessee to meet him and wait until you meet him you're going to just think he's wonderful right. and so she introduced me to him and 6 weeks later I married him and she played the piano at my wedding wow so <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and we're still friends. Listen, here we are many, many, many years later, and uh, we are still very, very good friends. That's so there was no animosity or anything. Um, he was cute. His family was very, very good. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he was immature and that he had a past but I really believed that he would rise to Mm -hmm. the level of his family. Mm -hmm. So we got married and it was really only about six or eight months down the road before I knew that I had made a terrible mistake and now how was I gonna get out of it? So we moved to California and um, there was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of verbal, physical abuse there was emotional abuse. Right. Um, and at some point along the way, I don't know how it happened, but I got pregnant. <laughs> um, mm. I think I figured it out later how it happened. But, <laughs> yeah. um, and so then I thought that there was an obligation to stay together. Sure, and sure. we did stay together for about six months after our son was born, but it was not it was not the right thing for us to stay together for my son, for myself, for either one, you know, for either one of us. For all three of us, it wasn't the right thing. So he left and a couple of months later, I went out with a guy that I had known from work who was nothing but a gentleman. He was amazing and kind and good. Um, But he asked me if, if I'd like to go to dinner, and I did, and a little over a year later, Tom and I got married, oh. and uh, we had two more children together, and now here we are. We've been married uh, 35 years, <laughs> something like that, 34 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's, it just that's flies, the story. It does. It flies by. It yeah. flies by. That's just, yeah. And so he, my ex-husband, ended up going back to Tennessee, and, you know, I never saw him again. Mm. I never saw him um, until uh, about 10 years ago or so. um, My son and I got the chance to meet him. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw him again, and my son really met him for the first time. Um, It was difficult. My son had a lot of challenges growing up. Um, a lot and I was always honest with him. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband Tom adopted him and as I said we had two more children together and we had a very good intact family. Mm -hmm. I mean that's how it felt was intact because we only had one mom and one dad and we did all the things we were supposed to do. We went to church and we went on family vacations and Mm -hmm. I was a stay-at-home mom and uh, we followed the formula. You know, there's a formula on how to have a good family and raise good right, kids. Right, right. And I followed the formula. Uh, every class that we could take at church, growing kids God's way, and, you know. <laughs> I remember that. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I took those classes, and I was very, very good about um, putting my children first. And... Um, but my son still had a really difficult time growing up. And there there was a lot of there's a sure. lot of you know, it's it's a there's very always a lot yeah, of Yeah, it's it's a myriad of of stuff. But um I had told him all of his life about his biological father and um, I, I never wanted it to be a surprise. Sure, sure. And so one day he got a message on MySpace. Do you remember MySpace? I
0: do. <laughs> I actually remember the young lady, one of my daughter's friends, who helped me set up my MySpace. I remember doing it. And I remember thinking then, which was however many years ago, this is too hard. I'm too old. I can't figure this out. <laughs> and now here you are. You've <laughs> got Facebook. I know. And you've got computers galore. Uh, but I guess... People still have a MySpace. I know. You could probably look yourself up and you'll still be there. I know. (laughs) So um, that was, so my son
1: actually got a message and, and uh, it's a good thing that I had told him the truth all of those years Mm. because, you know, 35 years ago, we would never have suspected that something like MySpace would exist or Facebook or um, Ancestry.com. Right. And then you would find out and it would be a shock. Exactly. Right. And so I, I never wanted it to be a shock to him and yeah. I wanted him to understand all along the I way. Think that's so r- beautiful. Yeah. So he has uh, he has another sibling that we think is wonderful and delightful and that family is wonderful and delightful as well. But my son met his biological father um, and it was it was hard. I think he had this empty space inside of him. I mean, I don't want to really speak for him, but he had this empty space inside of him. Um, even though he had a great dad, at
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the moment he met his biological dad, that space was completely filled. Yeah. He, he understood the gift that he'd been given and the sure. father that had raised him and the gift he'd given uh, of life from yeah. that guy yes. who has now himself grown up to be a perfectly lovely man wow that's, you know mm-hmm. you know and I, I think do. too
0: I've heard stories too where the the young person maybe doesn't look like the mom or dad and when they meet that bio uh parent for the first time and they go oh that's I look like him or her right. or how how you know and that and that's part of the filling up that hole and Oh, okay, I look like my real mom or whatever.
1: And for me, that was a yeah. story that I could always tell as my son was growing up because I could see my ex-husband in, all the time, in, uh-huh, you know.
0: Exactly. And
1: uh, I kept thinking, oh, my goodness, he's got this, he's got that, you know. And uh, But for him to to make that connection, I think that was a really healthy thing for him along the way, yeah.
0: yeah. And so your kids are... Grown. Right. <gasps> right. So my kids are grown, and
1: uh, Tom and I are still married. And But, you know, there's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that happened along the way. And my parents got divorced when I was 10 or 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of drama around that. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up in a very conservative religious environment, and I wanted to be that good, conservative, religious girl mm-hmm. um, the whole time I was growing up uh, when I was newly married, when I had my children. That was very much a part of who, who I wanted, you, who to you be wanted to be and who I believed I was and yeah. the foundation on which my life was built yeah. was very much around uh, conservative values and mm-hmm. religious values. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and my dad and mom—they both remarried, um, sometimes more than once. Uh, <laughs> but you know, they were—they were both involved in our lives, and they were always involved in our kids' life as well. And my father passed away a couple of years ago, but mom is still around. So, yeah,
0: it's been an interesting some, ride. An interesting ride. So, did you ever? Um... Did you ever have a dream of like going to LA and, or going to, to New York and any stuff like that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So when I first started college, when I got out of high school, I went to college as a, as a theater arts major mm-hmm. and I finished a year of school is all that I finished and then you know I got married real young but I think I got scared Mm -hmm. I got scared that I was not good enough Mm -hmm. I didn't have enough courage I didn't have enough talent I wasn't pretty enough I wasn't little enough I wasn't skinny enough I wasn't a dancer Um, you know that word enough enough I wasn't enough I wasn't a dancer I wasn't a singer but I was an actor, and I had had some positive reinforcement as an actor from the time I was probably five, mm-hmm. all through school. Um, but I had had a lot of discouragement as a singer and a dancer, and okay. I had been you know, shunned and put in the back of the choir and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I let well, I've heard you sing. And I know that that's not true. <laughs> well, I let all that, you know, get into my head. I know. And I think one thing that I wished I had done is I wished I had had the opportunity to take voice lessons or to take dance lessons and to not just listen to somebody tell me that I wasn't good enough, right. but to actually find ways to better myself. And those opportunities weren't afforded me. So I... But I definitely always wanted to pursue that. So it was after my children, they were probably around six, seven, eight, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was able to kind of not be home 24 seven. And my husband worked from home a lot. So I then started auditioning for shows. And then organically, I would get roles, and then I would be asked to direct something, and then I was asked to teach something, and then I was asked to be a part of this team and that team. And then, you know, I moved into church and and started uh, a theater arts Yeah, and you've done some writing. You've done lots of writing. A ton of writing. Yeah. And it just all sort of... You know, hey, you're looking for somebody to teach this. How about Liz Stokel? She can teach it, mm-hmm. and
0: it just be—it just was an organic thing. And there's something lovely about the word organic. Yeah, you know, and things yeah. that happen organically. Yeah, and they just when you're when you live with your hands open, and you're just open to whatever happens. Magical, wonderful things can happen. They and can it just... happen. And horrible, terrible things can happen
1: as that, well. That is true. So, um, but that's okay because when you, well, it's not okay in the moment, but if you have your hands open, then there's something else that can fill that void. Right. Um, so I've, got, I've done everything in the last 20 years from being the theater arts director at a mega church mm-hmm. to uh, teaching theater arts to young adults with special needs. Um
0: to uh, to teaching here. To, de- to teaching here and directing children. Directing children directing here. Directing lots of children. Directing adults at, at the theater across the street. Exactly. But, mm-hmm. And along the way, my children
1: have been perfect and my life has been perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I envy you. <laughs> How do you do it? How do I do it? <laughs> it's the formula. If you just
1: follow the formula, uh, everything will be perfect. Mm-hmm. A, B, C. Yeah. I think, um, and and honestly, one of the hardest things about um, sometimes life is losses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a time when I, everything about our life was completely um, built around the church. And as I said, I was the director of drama ministries at Omega Church, and my kids were involved, and my husband played drums in the church orchestra. Mm-hmm. And there are times when I look back at that time with so much longing, yeah. um, because yeah. it was a time when I felt truly connected and successful,
0: you were using the gifted the the giftings that you've been given. You were using them in an environment that was, yeah, yeah,
1: and I get everything that. felt, you know, everything felt right,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and it it all fell apart and it came crashing down in a very um, hurtful and dramatic fashion, and almost overnight we lost our church and the friends that we had and the security I had, mm-hmm. and the trust of my family. And it really all came crashing down very quickly and very dramatically.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, I don't know if you, I don't know that we would want to talk about that yeah. today, because that's, I know, a, uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Because but we, here- we do need to, to talk about that in further episodes, because that's part of the whole Dancing with Skeletons idea and and the process of dancing with our skeletons is bringing to light our hurts and the things that we keep and the things that have shaped us and those hurts have shaped you into who you are now sitting here yeah and i think it's really important to understand
1: that when bad stuff happens, it does kind of redirect your life sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it redirected not only my life, but the life of my children. And, you know, there was addiction and there was jail time and there was all kinds of stuff that then happened in the years after that. Um, And it's not an excuse. It just is. Um, But they've all, all of those things have shaped not only me and my husband and our marriage, but have shaped my young adult, you know, children, my now grown-up, you know, grown-ass kids, um, (laughs) who, and it's it's shaped their lives, and it's taken them to places all over the world Mm -hmm. that when they were five, we would never have guessed that they would end up going. Right, right. So I think that that's why dancing with your skeletons, um, acknowledging the hurts of the past, looking at where you've been and how exactly. far you've come. It can be so healing and can be so just cool. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I sometimes I look and I think, so, you know, 10 years ago I was in Malawi, Africa. I mean, how cool is that? Wow. So those are, those are things that are really a direct result of the drama and trauma,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, there's a lot of good stuff that sure. you can just connect the dots and say, gosh,
0: if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have been able to do this. How right. cool is that? Right. Well, I think everybody, too, if they just take a moment, they can really see that kind of pattern in their lives. I mean, that's that really is what life is about. Absolutely. Is learning, because bad stuff happens. I don't care who you are. Right. Circumstances, bad luck, bad choices. It's just it's the human condition and Absolutely. and it 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 doesn't have any kind of you know favor on anybody it, the rain falls on everybody <laughs> you know <laughs> and so, right and right. so um, but it's what you do you know how you react to those situations in the moment that they're happening and sometimes you react better than others but it's the ability to then go okay what was my lesson what, what, what was I supposed to learn in that? Yeah. And, and you know, wha- how can I be different now? And how can I help someone else who maybe might be going through a similar thing or even something different? But you're mm-hmm. there. You can listen. You can be a hand. You can all of that stuff.
1: Well, and, you know, as we are now walking through this really weird time weird. in our oh. history and we're in the middle of a pandemic and... It's very easy to, uh, you know, just think there's these forces of evil that are against us and they're trying to keep us down and blah, blah, yada, yada. But the point is, is that we are all in this together. We really are. We really are. And you might feel like you are alone or you might feel like You are better than everybody else. I mean, you know, no matter what side of that kind Mm -hmm. of spectrum you fall on. But we really are all on this planet together. And isn't it interesting that it's not just something that's happening in our town, you know, in our church, in our community, in our town, in our family.
0: This is something that is happening all Oh, over the world. From third world countries to the poorest of the poor to yeah. the richest of the rich. Yeah. And everyone, every shape, size, color, age, sex, whatever, everybody. Everyth- everybody. Everybody.
1: Everybody. And when we have been all silenced at the same time, you know, what is it we're supposed to be hearing? That's right. And I look back at some of those dark times in my life when we were so alone and, and there was silence. You wanted God to just speak and mm-hmm. say, I'm here, or this is happening because right. uh, you wanted friends to come knock at your door and bring you a tuna casserole so that you knew that you were loved <laughs> and yeah. cared for. Yeah. But that doesn't always happen. Right. So what do you learn in the silence? Um, Who do you become in the silence? And uh, every once in a while, well, actually quite often, people will call me up and say, you know, my child is in trouble and Mm -hmm. um, uh, I would like some encouragement. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I'm that mom. Yeah. Well, you've been there. Uh, Yeah. So I'm the the speed dial mom. You've been there. (laughs) You've been there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that, in a nutshell, is is my life and my story. Yeah. Uh, I have I have three mm-hmm. siblings that I was raised with. There were four of us raised mm-hmm. all together.
0: Are they here? Are they um, near you? Are you close to them now as as you as, as grown up? Well, you know
1: what's <laughs> interesting as you grow up, and I think a lot of people can identify with this, is that um, you, Have you have a relationship with your siblings when you're young, Mm -hmm. and when you grow up, they have to become completely different relationships because the relationship you have with an adult is different than the one you have with a child. That's right, that's right. And sometimes that transition can be difficult Mm -hmm. to go from the relationship you're going to have with your siblings as children, right? And because I was the oldest, there was a lot of responsibility. Uh, You and I share that in common, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and a lot expected of me. Mm-hmm. So um, I think my siblings struggled with um, me trying, th- them thinking that I was trying to be their second mom, <laughs> which was never the case. It was just that I was kind of put in that right. role. Right, right, um, So that's a long way to say, yes, for the most part, we have a a great relationship. I have mm-hmm. a, a good relationship with all of my siblings. That's awesome. mm-hmm. um, one of them lives nearby. Two of them live in other states. And, uh, but it, it has taken some work. It's taken quite a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have an additional um, younger sister who is the same age as my oldest son. Oh. And she is somebody that I didn't find out about until she was 10 years old about nine and a half years old. Wow.
0: Actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a story. No, So there's another story.
1: <laughs> um, and uh, finding her was, um, was an, and continues to be amazing. And she lives here in this town and she herself has become a mom and, um, you know, sometimes it can feel like a threat. Uh, We alluded earlier to like DNA testing and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it can be a threat to have new family members thrust upon you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can just be just a whole new door of... Um, Oppos- possibilities yeah, and okay, opportunities. opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And sure. relationship. And why wouldn't you want more people to love on or to have love you? Right. You know? And that's how I feel about my oldest son's sibling, um, who I just adore. And that family, I just adore. That's awesome. And that's, that's great. Yeah. And then my little sister, who I just love. And I love her kids. And it's fun for me to look into the eyes of her children mm-hmm. and see how much they look like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And um, and her family that raised her is so incredible and beautiful. So, you know, what's not to like? Yeah, right, we, right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, um, is there anything else that you can think of, I mean, you know, that you feel like you would want people to know about who you are and, and maybe as it relates to why... Um, we we want to do the dancing with skeletons, you know, because I think we both feel led to to do this. And so, is there anything else that you would want to add, you know? You know, I I just want to know
1: that there. I want everybody to know that there's purpose in what you have gone through. I know Robin Roberts from Good Morning America. She says, make your mess your message. Mm -hmm. And I want people to have the freedom to be able to make their mess their message. Mm -hmm. I want them to hear from women like us who look kind of cute on the outside. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And kind of look like we have it all together.
0: Well, maybe not today, but... (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, we haven't worn makeup in three months.
0: yeah um, it's it's a pretty it's been a pretty long time since I haven't worn any makeup guys. It's been bleak. Um, <laughs> but just knowing
1: that when it all falls apart, when all of a sudden all of the pieces that you've built your life with begin to crumble and mm-hmm. fall apart, um, when the recipe no longer fits, yeah. or when you no longer, fit in the recipe, Mm -hmm. you know, when you all of a sudden wake up and say, Mm -mm. I don't believe that anymore, I don't want that anymore, Mm -hmm. I am not going to be okay with that anymore, that that changes the direction, it changes the culture of your family, Mm -hmm. and it can change the culture of your relationships,
0: Mm -hmm. Um, and that is hard. Yeah, it is. And that is hard. It can be tricky. It can be hard. And yeah, and we, so this is a, um, I guess a way, because transparency for me has always been a word that has been a favorite word. Mm-hmm. Transparency, and I, I, you know, when 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 we get to me in my turn, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we'll we'll talk maybe about that. But it, it's always been because I always wanted to be this singer. And I used to always say, and I would say it to my my husband at the time, you know, I want people to know me as the same person that I am on stage, as the same person I am in life. I don't want it to be different. I always want to just be me. Right. And I think doing Dancing with Skeletons gives us and people an opportunity to just really kind of sit in who we all really are. And that's that's what's so beautiful about it is that there's only one Liz, yeah, with only one Liz's story and y- you know, and it's perfect and beautiful and, and dirty and, and, and me- messy, and, messy <laughs> and, and, and perfect, you know and, and, and speaks to, yeah. to so many people. And Well, everybody's and story does. And for me, authenticity
1: is so important mm. because we spend so much time trying to be the person we are on social media. Right. And, you know, may your Facebook life be the life that you actually get to lead. Yeah. (laughs) Get to lead. Yeah. You know, that's what you want to say is, oh, oh, that we all had our actual Facebook lives. But, you know, we don't have a Facebook life. No. We have a dirty, messy life. Right. And it has only been in authenticity that I have been able to help anybody. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and if I had yeah. not told anybody my story, or in my case, had my story not been just so public, and yeah. everybody <laughs> just knew about it, um, then I wouldn't have had the opportunity to get those phone calls yeah. from the mom who says, I never thought that I would be in your shoes, but here I am. Yeah. Now, what do I do? How do I walk in these shoes? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Th- that's, that's who I want to be. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm i dirty and messy and authentic. And beautiful. And, and tall. I, I have really beautiful I, days. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on television. <laughs> I've been in movies. You've been in the theater. <laughs> I've been in the theater. And um, I've definitely had some good days. Yeah. But um, I've also had some really dirty days in the gutter. Nice. If you're in the theater, you might know. In the gutter. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah. I, I just want people to uh, to
0: walk in their authenticity. Okay. Well, with that, thank you so much for for opening up and yeah. sharing today about a few of your skeletons, and I know we'll get to hear more. Thanks, Debbie. Right, thanks, Liz. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye.